So good to be in the house of the Lord, especially on this morning when we celebrate uh, the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. Que bueno es estar en la casa de Dios, especialmente en esta mañana uh, de celebración del nacimiento de nuestro Señor Jesucristo. I'm going to ask you to go with me, please, to the book of Isaiah. Vamos a ir juntos al libro de Isaías, el capítulo 9. A very well-known part of scripture when it comes to Christmas. And I believe God would speak to us from this portion of scripture this morning. Isaías capítulo 9, una porción muy bien reconocida de la palabra del Señor, pero que creo que el Señor tiene palabra para nosotros esta mañana. I'm going to begin reading at verse 1 of chapter 9 and down a few verses to verse 6. Comenzando con el verso 1 hasta el verso 6. But there will be no more gloom for her who was in anguish. In earlier times he treated the land of Zebulun and the, the land of Nephtali with contempt. But later on he shall make it glorious by the way of the sea on the other side of Jordan Galilee of the Gentiles. A people who walk in darkness will see a great light. And those who live in a dark land, the light will shine on them. And you shall multiply the nation. And you shall increase their gladness. And they will be glad in your presence with all the gladness of harvest as men rejoice when they divide the spoil. For you shall break the yoke of their burden and the staff on their shoulders, and the rod of the oppressor as the battle of Midian. For every boot of the booted warrior in the battle tumult, and the cloak rolled in blood will be burned with as fuel for the fire. For a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of peace. And there will be no end to the increase of his government or of peace on the throne of David or over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and righteousness from then on and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will accomplish this. Amen. Father, we thank you this morning for your word which is living and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. I pray that you would anoint my lips of clay to preach the word of the living God, that you would anoint the hearing of this congregation, that they might hear the word and receive it as seed sown into the fertile soil of their hearts. We ask that in Jesus' name, the church said amen. Amen. Puede tomar su lugar. You may be seated this morning. The prophet Isaiah, as I mentioned last week, is often mentioned or called the gospel According to Isaiah, muchas veces uh, el libro de Isaías, como mencioné la semana pasada, se refiere uh, como el evangelio según Isaías. And this is because Isaiah, like no other prophet of the Old Testament, brings us a series of pictures uh, concerning who the Messiah would be. Esto es porque eh, el profeta Isaías nos introduce a varios retratos del Antiguo Testamento de quién este Mesías iba a ser. And here we have read a portion of scripture that not only outlines the character of the coming of the Messiah, but it also outlines 
the character of his government. Uh, en este pasaje que hemos leído vemos que uh, eh, Isaías nos declara el carácter o la naturaleza de lo que iba a ser el Mesías pero también nos introduce al gobierno del Mesías and so I want to speak along those lines this morning all uh, week long the, the, this phrase has been in my spirit and I want to just share with you and unpack with you uh, what this phrase means for us Today, the scripture says the government will be upon his shoulders. Dice la escritura que el gobierno o la potestad estará sobre sus hombros. And so I want to speak to you today about the government of the Lord Jesus Christ. Quiero hablar sobre el gobierno de el Señor Jesucristo. And I believe that these words, perhaps at the moment, uh, may not feel or uh, have a great de degree of significance to us, but they remind us of the fact that God is in control of all things. Estas palabras nos recuerdan que Dios está en control de todas las cosas. I want you to look at your neighbor and just tell them God is in control. Dígale a su vecino, Dios está en control. Pardon me, sometimes in life, things get out of control. A veces en la vida, las cosas parecen estar fuera del control. Sometimes situations get out of our hands. A veces las cosas están fuera de nuestras manos y no tenemos la habilidad de controlar las situaciones de nuestra vida. I anticipate that if I asked you the question, was there anything in 2016 that scared you to death, you would probably say, yes, Pastor. There are a few days this year that I thought my life was spinning out of control. Quizás si yo le pregunto si en el año 2016 todo le fue bien, usted diría, no, Pastor, hubo momentos donde mi vida parecía que estaba fuera del control and this is the reality of life on this earth esta es la realidad de la vida en, este, en esta tierra but I've come today to tell you that the government rests upon the shoulders of Jesus el gobierno descansa sobre los hombros de nuestro Señor Jesucristo and we read first about his nature vemos primero su naturaleza and we read there in the, in the sixth verse for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. Vemos su naturaleza en el verso 6. Dice que a nosotros ha nacido un niño y a nosotros se nos ha dado un hijo. You realize that Isaiah there is telling us that the Messiah would be a man. For unto us a child is given. But he would also be the son of God. For he said unto us a son is given. Ahí Isaías nos da saber que este hombre sería uno que sería um, humano. Hacia nosotros ha nacido un niño, pero también sería el hijo de Dios. Porque dijo Isaías que este sería un hijo dado a nosotros. When Jesus was born, he was born a man, a son uh, uh, to Mary and to Joseph. But he was also born the son of God. Él era no solamente el, el hombre um, nacido de María, pero también el hijo de Dios. What does this tell us about Jesus? It tells us that he can govern in two worlds. Esto nos da a entender que Jesús gobierna en dos mundos. 
I talked to you last week about the inner man and the physical man. Les hablé la semana pasada sobre el hombre interior y el hombre exterior. Your outer man last night ate tamales en menudo. And your inner man is sitting here this morning feasting on the word of God. There, is a, a, there are two worlds that we live in. Hay dos mundos en los cuales usted y yo vivemos. El mundo espiritual y el mundo físico. El hombre, el hombre físico come comida física. El hombre espiritual come comida espiritual. But you and I, we have a king that operates in both worlds. Tenemos usted y yo un rey que puede operar en dos mundos. If you're physically sick, he can heal you physically. And if you're spiritually sick, he can heal you spiritually. Come on, somebody. I'm talking about a God that is not limited by uh, the physical or the natural world. Tenemos un Dios el cual no es limitado por lo físico o lo natural. Él opera tan, tan poderosamente en lo espiritual como en lo físico. The government rests upon his shoulders. El gobierno está sobre sus hombros. The government of the spiritual world is upon his shoulders. El gobierno del mundo espiritual está sobre sus hombros. What does that mean? That means that he has supreme authority over the spirit world. Él tiene autoridad suprema sobre el mundo espiritual. I was once a part of, of the deliverance of a man who was possessed by demons. En una ocasión fui parte de la liberación de un varón que estaba poseído por demonios. And once he was free, uh, he, um, he had lost a complete memory of the experience. Cuando él fue libre, había olvidado la experiencia. And I said, do you remember what happened? He said, no. Dijo, le dije, ¿sabe lo que pasó? Dijo, no. I said, you just been delivered from demons. He was convulsing and, and doing all the things you would imagine uh, that a demon-possessed person might do. And he said, I don't believe in demons. I said, well, brother, whether you believe in them or not, you just got delivered from demons. There are a lot of people who think, I don't believe in the spiritual world. Well, friend, there is a real spiritual world. And there are real demonic and de de devilish forces in that world. But you and I have a king who governs over the, uh, the affairs of that world. Tenemos un, un poderoso rey, el cual tiene dominio y autoridad aún sobre los uh, espíritus demoniacos. He has authority over the devil himself. Tiene autoridad sobre el diablo mismo. The name of Jesus carries a powerful weight in the spiritual world. El nombre de Jesús carga poderosa influencia en el mundo espiritual. When you find yourself in the middle of a spiritual battle, you need the name of Jesus. Si usted se encuentra en una batalla espiritual, necesita el nombre de Jesús. This king dominates the world of the spirit. Este rey es, tiene dominio en el mundo de lo espiritual. But you see, you and I have a physical nature as well. Usted y yo tenemos una naturaleza física también. And our king reigns in the physical world as well. Nuestro rey uh, habita y reina en el mundo físico en el cual usted y yo vivemos. Jesus came to the earth. And he became a man 
Because only a man could die for the sins of men. Jesús vino al mundo y se encarnó en carne humana porque sole, solamente un hombre podía morir por, por los hombres. You see, friends, we could not be redeemed by anyone else. We had to be redeemed by one of our blood relatives. He had to be a human being. He had to share the physical nature that you and I uh, experience. Él tenía que redimirnos por medio de la encarnación. El, el Redentor tenía que ser relacionado a nosotros por sangre. Entonces Jesús vino y se encarnó en carne humana. Y de esa manera tomó a su, su lugar en la redención. He went to the cross and on the cross he died a physical death. On the cross, his body was exposed to the pain and cruelty of that death. En la cruz, Jesús murió una muerte física. Ahí su cuerpo físico fue uh, llevado a la tumba. His physical body was taken to a physical tomb and buried there. And for three days, the physical body of Jesus lied dead. Por tres días, el cuerpo físico de Jesús estaba en aquella tumba uh, físicamente muerto. Why is that important? You see, he already had power over the spiritual world. But by dying on the cross and by being placed in that tomb, he was taking authority over the physical world. That authority that Adam had lost in the Garden of Eden when Jesus Christ died, he was dying to redeem what had been lost. Jesús cuando murió, murió para redimir lo perdido. Friends, three days after being in that tomb, his physical body came to physical life again. Tres días después de estar en aquella tumba, su cuerpo físico regresó a la vida física. Did you know today, right now, in the year 2017, there is a physical man sitting at the right hand of God? There is not just a spiritual Jesus, but there is a physical man named Jesus who is seated at the right hand of God. Este día hay un hombre físico el cual está sentado a la diestra de Dios Padre. What are you telling me, Pastor? I'm telling you that any day that you cry out to God the Father in the name of Jesus, there is a divine representative who looks just like you who can answer your prayer. Come on, somebody. Give God praise that we have a God who rules in our world. So, we believe that the physical world is subject to his reign and to his dominion. El mundo físico está sujeto a su dominio y su reinado. You see, friends, if you will get the spiritual part of your life right with God, the physical part will get in line. Did you hear me? Si usted... Arregla lo espiritual con Dios. Lo físico se acomoda. You know what religion does? Religion tries to get the physical right without the spiritual. ¿Qué es lo que hace la religión? La religión te quiere componer lo físico y dejar lo espiritual. Because they think if I can, if I can get a man to dress right and comb his hair and and treat people right with respect, that that'll change his, out, his inner man. But it doesn't do it, does it? You can dress a pig in a tuxedo. 
but he's still a pig. A, a, a veces decimos si lo podemos tomar el hombre y vestirlo bien y, y decirle que no haga y que no diga, eh, eh, entonces lo vamos a cambiar. Pero usted no puede cambiar el hombre exterior si el hombre interior no ha cambiado. You cannot change the outer man if the inner man has not been changed. You have to deal with the heart. Tiene que tratar con el corazón. That was the problem with the law of Moses. Esta era la limitación de la ley de Moisés. The law of Moses could only deal with externals. La ley de Moisés solo podía tratar con lo externo. Había, tenía, había la necesidad de que alguien cambiara el corazón del hombre. There was a need for somebody to change the heart of man. You see, friends, Jesus Christ is able to change the heart of man. And when he gets your spirit right, your outer man will catch up. Cuando él trabaja en tu corazón, tu hombre exterior se va a acomodar a eso. I promise you this, friend, that if you get your spiritual life right, your finances will get in line, your health will get in line, your, your relationships will get in line. Come on, are there any Christians in here that know what I'm talking about? Habrá alguien aquí que sabe que cuando usted, cuando usted compone lo espiritual, lo físico se va acomodando. But if you only deal with the external, you miss the whole picture. You see, that's the problem with American Christmas. That for all the presents and wrapping, we're only dealing with the outside. You can give me all the new ties you want, but they're not going to make me a better man. Say amen, somebody. You can give me uh, the nicest digital gadget you've got, but it's not going to make me a better man. Le puede dar lo mejor del dinero, lo mejor en la Navidad de los regalos. Le puede dar lo mejor de la tecnología. No va a cambiar el hombre. Lo que cambia el hombre es el rey que viene a tratar con lo espiritual. What changes a man is the, is the king that rules the heart of man. And I'm here today to tell you that Jesus can change your heart. Jesús puede cambiar tu corazón. He wants to reign in the heart of man. Now let's look at the nature of this reign. Vamos a ver la naturaleza de este reinado. Look at verse 3. Look at what happens when you get the spiritual things right in your life. Cuando usted arregla lo espiritual, eso lo que pasa en nuestra vida. Number uh, verse 3 says that he, he will multiply the nation. He's talking about the nation of Israel or God's people. Dice ahí en verso 3, él multiplicará la nación. Friend, when you get the spiritual things right in your life, God will be, bring a multiplication of blessing into your life. Cuando usted arregla lo espiritual, Dios trae una multiplicación de bendición a tu vida. How many of you in here are blessed this morning? Did you unwrap anything this morning? Not even a tamal. Come on, be honest. Did you unwrap anything this morning? I know you're blessed people. You see, when you get the spiritual things right in your life, God will bring a multiplication of blessing. You know what multiplication is? It's better than addition, isn't it? 
Because addition is one plus one is two, two plus one is three, three plus one is four, but multiplication is two times three is six. You didn't know you were going to do math at church this morning. And three times three is, and three times four is, and 12 times three is. All right, you see, there is a multiplication that occurs. God is not an adder. He's a multiplier. Dios no añade. Él multiplica. I don't think you caught that this morning. I said, God is not an adder. He is a multiplier. Dios multiplica. And he brings a multiplication of blessing into our life. El trae la multiplicación de gozo en nuestra vida. I think about it like this. When you give a, 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 a gift to a child and you see the smile on their face and you see the joy that it brought them, it, it brings a, sign, a sense of, of joy to your own heart to know that you were able to do something for someone else that brought them joy. God delights in, in providing blessing and, and in providing assistance to those who trust in him. He multiplies with blessing. And you and I could not count all of the blessings that God has given to our life. If you just roll the tape on your life, usted pasa el video de su vida. Usted verá que Dios ha multiplicado bendición sobre su vida. You will see that God has multiplied his blessing upon your life. Come on. Is there anybody in here that knows that God has multiplied blessing upon blessing on your life? Health and wellness, and a job, and prosperity, and the health of your children, maybe your grandchildren, and the, the support of a loving husband, and a loving wife, and all of those things are a blessing, a, a church where God is moving, a community where, where God is at work, a stirring of the Spirit is occurring, all of these are multiplications that come from God. Then he says in the second phrase, and he will increase their gladness. Luego dice ahí que él, uh, él hace crecer el gozo. No solamente trae bendición multiplicada, pero el reino de Jesús trae gozo. The reign of Christ brings joy. We sang about it this morning, joy to the world. Why? Because Santa Claus came to town? No, joy to the world because Christ has come. Hay gozo en el mundo porque Jesús ha venido al mundo. The old song said, heaven came down and joy filled my soul. Dice el canto antiguo que el cielo bajó y el gozo llenó mi alma. There is joy in the heart of the believer who is walking with God. Hay gozo en el corazón del creyente que camina con Dios. En mi corazón, antes cantábamos, hay banderas de amor. Well, there's a, there's a flag flown high in the castle of my heart. It was a flag of joy. The old children's song said, why? Because the king is a resident there. When God comes to dwell in your heart and comes to reign, he brings joy with him. Cuando Dios viene a reinar, él trae el gozo con él. Oh, friend, the Bible said that he increased gladness. What kind 
of gladness. You have your Bible open there. Look at what kind of gladness it is. Que es la clase de gozo? Que es? It says it's the kind of gladness that you get when a harvest comes in. I guess none of you have ever had a harvest. It's the kind of gladness that comes when the harvest comes. ¿Cómo es este gozo? Ahí dice el verso, si usted tiene su Biblia abierta, eh, eh, nos da la definición de este gozo. Es el gozo de la cosecha. Now, you guys didn't plant a garden this year, so you don't know what I'm talking about. But let me put it to you this way. It's the joy of getting a big, fat bonus. Now, now I'm speaking your language. Es el gozo de recibir algo inesperado, una cosecha grande. What kind of joy does God bring? It's the kind of joy that comes when your harvest has come in. I've come to encourage somebody this morning. Yo he venido a animar a alguien esta mañana and just simply to tell you this. God said it to us at the beginning of the year. He said it to us a few months, a few weeks ago, and he says it to you again today. He says, your seed will survive the crisis. El Señor no lo dijo hace un año y no lo dice otra vez esta, esta mañana. Tu semilla va a sobrevivir la crisis. You see, friends, when you are expecting a harvest, there's often a time of waiting. Cuando hay la espera de la cosecha, a veces hay un tiempo de espera. Hay un tiempo de tener que uh, hacer a vivir sin lo que queremos. There's a time where we have to do without. Have you ever had to do without? When you are waiting for a harvest, there are times of waiting. There's a, a period of silence when the harvest doesn't come and when God doesn't speak. Cuando estamos esperando una cosecha, hay ese momento en donde la cosecha no viene y Dios no habla. You know, the Bible tells us especially about the Christians uh, who are sowers. Dice la escritura de los cristianos que somos sembradores, that we sow in tears. A veces tenemos que sembrar, dice la escritura, en lágrimas. Have you ever sown in tears? Have you ever given, not out of your abundance, but out of your lack? Quizá usted ha dado, y a veces hemos dado, no de nuestra abundancia, sino de nuestra escasez. I believe there are times when we can give, and we give generously, and we give out of our abundance. Those are easy times. Es fácil cuando podemos dar de nuestra abundancia. I got a big bonus. I, I, I had some things come in. I, I have a lot, of, a lot of resources I can give out of my abundance. But sometimes you have to give out of your lack. Pero a veces damos de nuestra escasez. We give not because we have an extra, but because we trust God to provide in the shortfall. Now I'm talking to some people in this house who have invested this year in the kingdom of God. You know, over and above your regular giving this year alone for our vision, our vision project, you guys gave $40,000. 
Come on, celebrate that. But you know, I also know that some of you gave, not out of your abundance, but out of your lack. A este año, uh, sobre todas sus ofrendas uh, regulares, ustedes dieron para la visión de, de la iglesia uh, y la remodelación 40 mil dólares este año. Y yo sé que lo dieron y a veces lo dieron algunos de su abundancia, otros lo dieron de lo que no tenían. Some of you gave your grocery bill and said, Lord, I'm going to trust you to feed me this week. The Bible tells me this morning that your gladness will be the gladness of harvest. Dice la escritura que tu alegría será como la alegría de la cosecha. Oh friends, God will protect your harvest. Dios va a proteger tu semilla y va a proteger tu cosecha. The enemy will do what he can to destroy the seed that you have sown. But God said to us, your seed will survive the crisis. Dios te ha dicho, tu semilla sobrevivirá la crisis. Come on, I'm getting ready for harvest around here. Yo estoy esperando la cosecha. The joy of harvest, oh, not just a financial harvest, not just a physical harvest, but a spiritual harvest, a harvest of souls, a harvest of men and women set free by the power of God, a harvest of drug addicts made free and alcoholics made free, a harvest of the abused being healed and restored. Come on, church, I'm talking about a harvest for the kingdom of God. Una cosecha para el reino de Dios. They who sowed in tears, the Bible says, will reap with joy. And shall doubtless come again, bearing their sheaves with them. El que sembró en lágrimas con regocijo, segará. Some of you were not here a few, a couple years ago when we remodeled the sanctuary. And we were able to remodel the sanctuary in six weeks, debt-free. God, through the generosity of his people, provided the funding and the manpower and all that. And you know who showed up? The enemy showed up. And he started accusing me. Have you ever felt accused? Hace unos años, ustedes recuerdan la remodelación del templo y dentro de seis semanas pudimos remodelar sin tener que pedir prestado ni un dólar. Pero el enemigo llegó a acusar. And this was his line of accusation. He was saying, who do you think you are? Other churches can't even get their light bill paid. Here you are remodeling. Other churches are dying, and here y'all are having revival. Y'all remember we had an outpouring of the Spirit in the middle of a, a renovation. And the enemy was attacking. El enemigo atacaba y decía, ¿Quién crees que eres tú? Si, si uh, apenas llegaste aquí y, y uh, otros no pueden ni pagar el bill de la luz y la iglesia aquí remodelando. Y, y él acusaba. And you know sometimes the enemy attacks and you don't 
you don't really listen, but you do listen. A veces el enemigo habla y no le damos lugar, pero sí le damos lugar. The night before the Palm Sunday service, we we're going to have a baptism service. I had the, this pulpit in my office. Tenía este pulpito en mi oficina, and I loaded it up on a dolly. Everybody else had left. Todos se habían ido. Lo cargué en una una carreta y lo traje aquí. And I, I placed it right here where it is. Lo puse aquí donde está y lo dediqué. I dedicated the pulpit to the Lord right here, just with just the chandelier on, con nomás una luz prendida. And I sat. I, I just felt an incredible need to pray. Sentí una gran necesidad de orar. So I knelt down right here. And I said, God, this is the way the enemy has been accusing me. Dije, Señor, esta es la forma que el enemigo ha estado atacando mi vida, atacando mis pensamientos, acusándome. God didn't say a word. No dijo nada. I sat down and I began to sing. Me senté y comencé a cantar. And I started to sing the lines of the old hymn, Great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. All I have needed, thy hand hath provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. I started in on the second verse. It says, summer and winter, springtime and harvest. And then God spoke to my heart. He said, Isaac, anyone who wants your spring must first endure your winter. You see, the enemy accused and others perhaps uh, talked, but they didn't realize that this church had gone through a long winter. A winter of loss and of suffering, of, of trial. A winter that many said, this church may not even survive. But in the middle of the winter, there was a people who knew that God is a God who protects the harvest. Come on, Kingsway. I'm talking about a God who will protect your harvest. So when you are being blessed and when you are seeing the faithfulness of God and others say, well, look at you and, and, and look at you must think you're really something. You remind them that you had a winter to go through, but that God saw fit to survive, that you were going to survive that winter. Come on. And you are going to have your harvest. You may be going through a winter right now. Quizá usted está pasando el invierno de su vida espiritual. Un invierno físico. Un invierno relacional. Pero te diré, ya viene la primavera a tu vida. Maybe you're going through winter this morning. But there is a springtime coming for your soul. Come on somebody, get excited about God's almighty provision. Great is thy faith. Grande su fidelidad. Where does his gladness come from? It comes from his presence. De donde viene esta alegría? Viene de su presencia. 
when he is present, there's joy. Cuando él está presente, hay gozo. This morning, I don't know what you're going through. Maybe you're smiling through Christmas, but you have things that are weighing down your spirit. Let me tell you that the government is upon his shoulders. He's in control. He has authority. Quizá esta Navidad usted está sonriendo a través de problemas y, y crisis y momentos difíciles. Quizá está tratando solamente de sobrevivir. Pero te voy a decir esta mañana que el gobierno está sobre sus hombros. You don't have to worry about the economy. Because the government is on his shoulders. Usted no tiene que preocuparse por la economía porque el gobierno está sobre sus hombros. You don't have to worry about politics. Because the government is not on Donald Trump's shoulders. The government is on his shoulders. No se tiene que preocupar por la política porque el gobierno no está en los hombros de Obama o Trump. El gobierno está sobre los hombros de Jesús. You don't have to worry about tomorrow. What it will bring or what you will wear or what you will eat. Because the government is on his shoulders. No se tiene que preocupar por mañana de lo que va a comer o lo que va a hacer o cómo le va a hacer el año que viene porque el gobierno está sobre sus hombros. Y Él es poderoso en autoridad y dominio. He is mighty in power and dominion. And so this Christmas, God makes this simple reminder to our heart I am in control. Dios nos dice esta mañana, yo estoy en control. I want to invite you to stand to your feet. Vamos a ponernos sobre nuestros pies. And I want to invite you into this altar. Voy a invitarlo a este altar. Once you come, this is an act of faith that says, God, I trust you. With all the things that are going on in my life. Dígale esta mañana, Señor, yo confío en ti. Con todas las cosas que están pasando en mi vida. He is an almighty, trustworthy God. Él es un Dios todopoderoso en cual usted puede confiar. His, his shoulders are strong. They bear all the burden. 
All the weight of the universe is on him. So why don't you just slide that yoke off of your shoulders today? Because he is the breaker of the yoke. Deshágase esta mañana de ese yugo que usted está cargando. Ya sus hombros no tienen que llevar el yugo porque él lo lleva. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that the liberating, yoke-breaking, anointing of the Spirit of God would flow through this house this Christmas morning and bring a deliverance to those who are captive in any way in their thought life, their spiritual life, in any physical means at all. I pray that freedom would come. Father, yo te pido que la unción Gloriosa del Espíritu Santo venga a traer total liberación y libertad de cualquier yugo que aflige a tu pueblo y que sean libres por el poderoso nombre de Cristo Jesús. Porque el gobierno está sobre sus hombros. Él está en control esta mañana.